You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody, welcome to an, a jam-packed episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. As always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg. Thank you each and every single episode for liking, giving me a five-star rating on whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, buying merch, however you support. I very much appreciate it. And I don't want to waste much time into this, but always give a shout-out to Grateful Deathmatch and Crimson Mask for being day one sponsors. They're great as always. And... Of course, though, as you guys know, this week is going to be H2O's big event Saturday, March 26th, Ultraviolent Kingdom, which is the new repackaged version of Hardcore Kingdom, and really kind of like the unofficial start of the Deathmatch tournament season of sorts. And of course, yours truly is sponsoring this. But when going through the process of how to go about covering this show, I thought to myself, there's one other person I feel who would be perfect to do this with, a guy who I consider a friend, another great journalist in the world of deathmatch wrestling, and a fellow sponsor of Ultraviolent Kingdom. Of course, I am talking about the man who is better known to the world as Kings Road Wrestling, Michael Servino. Welcome back to Your Dose of Death. It feels like you're on here every like three months at this point. Uh, I, well, I like coming on. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> and uh, yes, I am a sponsor for Ultraviolent Kingdom, and I'm happy to do it with you. I'm excited to uh, see what goes down this this Saturday, man. And also, I want to give another shout out to another one of our the sponsors as well, the third sponsor of Ultraviolent Kingdom, uh, a friend of both of ours. Uh, the, you may know him as the man who has probably the coolest wrestling museum in his basement but we know him as steven bradley better known on twitter as oakland rover steven um thank you for sponsoring ultraviolet kingdom with the two of us it is awesome that the three of us are doing this together and um we wish you were here but hey timing just didn't work out as much anyways though i don't want to wait any longer we got an awesome awesome tournament on the way what's your initial impression of this tournament um initial impression i like what we've seen so far what you showed me what they've announced i like the seems like pretty unique stipulations that are planned out and i always like that i always like when the promotion puts a little effort puts a little thought and creativity into the death matches and when there's different rules and, and weaponry i really like that so that's what i'm seeing so far I'm also seeing not to jump too far ahead because I'm sure we'll get to it. But the finals, um, I've never seen a House of Horrors match before. I really, really wanted to. I had uh, tickets to go to the VXS No Peace one, and I got COVID, so I missed that. Mm. And I'm just, dude, I'm dying to see uh, something like that in person. So I can't wait for that, man. What about you? Um, Yeah, looking at... Just what we have listed here. I like that it's a mix of H2O regulars as well as guys who are consistent key players in the deathmatch scene. You have a great roster, an eclectic roster, I'd say, 
top to bottom, one of the more like unique rosters for a deathmatch tournament. I think that's mm-hmm. something that really stands out. I think H2O, as we've, for me, I really got into them during COVID, like the beginning of COVID. I really got into them and got into the style. And Matt Tremont has really cultivated an incredible work of art with this promotion. And yes, they've had their ups and downs, but this tournament, I believe, is really a great way to demonstrate that it isn't just about the guys who are who are traveling the roads doing this. It's about the guys that he has um, cultivated in-house to put on a great show for everyone and not just at the H2O Center, but on IWTV for the entire world to see. So Saturday, March 26th, there's going to be a lot of eyes on H2O. And um, let's get into the very first first round match um, in a triple crown death match, kind of a nicer way to say a triple threat, Chuck Payne versus Anthrax versus Stretch. Should note that I believe Anthrax is the H2O undiscovered champion right now. So he uh-huh. has that belt hanging around his neck going into this match, but um, Anthrax and Stretch, those two are just destined to fight forever, apparently. And Chuck Payne just had to get in the middle of the two of them. And the thing is about this match is a the winner of this gets a bye to the finals, so they will not have to go into the semifinals here. So the winner of this really has a big advantage going to the rest of the tournament. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I think this one's this has the potential to be the preliminary match, uh, the best match going, I think. So I was there Monday for Science Beyond the Violence and Anthrax and Stretch. Like, I, I really never seen these guys go in person and they like murdered each other. They had a four corners of pain a barbed wire match and they were just yes. going in and out, cutting each other with it. Like really like full throttle. I was highly impressed with both of them. Uh, I like Stretch's gimmick like a lot. Uh, I really think that like, it just seems like a psycho, like kind of like reminds you of the Joker. Like this guy's like psychotically laughing while he's like getting cut with the barbed wire. I was really into it. Um, Chuck Payne obviously is the biggest person in H2O. Um, and, you know, when he throws someone around, he really throws someone around. So this is going to be, uh, I think, one of the matches of the night for sure. I don't know what a, in, a triple crown death match entails. You know, a lot of these, like, we can look down and see, like, and kind of figure out what these are. I don't know. I don't know what these guys are going to do. Um, what do you think, weapon-wise? weapon, weapon wise? Man, I, I'm on the same thing. I've re- I'm really someone who likes to be surprised by what's being provided to us, and I think that just gives a better presentation. But I got it. I mean, Anthrax has really impressed me. Stretch has really impressed me. Both real H2O suits. I know Anthrax had a very hard injury last year. Yeah, He's back better than ever, though. As I said before, the H2O Undiscovered champion. I mean, Chuck Payne, a former H2O champion in himself. In himself. Um, this is going to be just a kind of a barn burner. I always have, I always have weird gripes with triple threat matches because, you know, they say with threes, it's always hard to get chemistry with all three guys. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do feel in this sense with this being such a high stakes match to potentially start off the night. If, if the way the order is going to be, I mean, these three could really go hit it out of the park. And if I had to pick a winner, I think anthrax 
is going to be the winner here. I, I just really like what Anthrax brings to the table. He He's big. He's physical. He he moves around the ring absolutely efficiently. Chuck Payne is that big guy, but um, Stretch also, though, he is not afraid of pain. And that is, that is one thing that I have to say about Alex Stretch. He is just not afraid of pain in the slightest. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the stretch train. Uh, I like Anthrax and I like Chuck Payne, but I got to go with Stretch coming out of nowhere and taking this victory. I'd like to see it. Yeah, dude, like, I, like exactly like you said, he's not afraid of pain. And I was highly impressed. And it takes a little bit for me to be impressed because I, you know, I live here. I see all, stuff all the time. And I was, I was fully impressed with him. Um, and I think also the triple threat aspect of it, it works for this storyline because, you know, you have the rivalry between Anthrax and Stretch and then, you know, Chuck Payne came out at science and and tried to interfere. And I think like, we'll see some, some double teaming against Chuck Payne. So I think this is a, I'm glad it's a triple threat usually. And I agree with you. The chemistry is hard, but I'm pumped for this dude. I'm pumped for this match. Yeah. Um, Let's get on to the next match in a Taipei and staple gun death match. Um, should also give credit to Matt Trema for giving me the notes on this. Um, a staple gun will hang above the ring during this match. And this match will include none other than the deathmatch gambit, jackass, however you want to call him, Dale Patrick's versus another former H2O champion in this tournament, Ron Mathis, of course, uh, with uh, White Trash Forever. Ron Mathis trying to make a name here against a very formidable opponent, a guy who we see consistently in the chains at ICW no holds barred in Dale Patrick's. How do you see this one playing out? This is, is probably the wild card for me in this entire tournament. Yeah. I mean, like Ron is a show's guy, the crowd's really fully behind him. And then we kind of got Dale. It's a little bit of an outsider. Like you said, he's mostly in the chains, but I see him getting more and more popular online. A lot of people, I, I feel like he's gotten pretty over in the last few months and uh, I've been enjoying watching him. Um, as for the stipulation, now I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. The finals of uh, Tremont's death match tournament, which happened before Destiny, I think yes. a few of the guys in there had, or I think it was Taipei in the finals, and that uh, – Excuse my language here. Effed up Bobby Beverly so bad in that. Oh, I think match. that was the first round with Beverly and. Okay, Matt. I think it was a first round match with Beverly and someone. Well, else. he was wearing Taipei in the finals, and it just split open Bev even worse. So the last time that they did this at the H2O Center, like there were just po- like pools of blood. Um, so you know, don't sleep on everybody just because the tubes aren't hanging or there's not pains. You know, there's still. It's still it's still a brutal type of match. So, you know, ah, man, I feel like this is going to be bloody and these guys are going to kill each other. And the staple gun, just another factor. I really don't know how that's going to come into play. It's but... hanging above the ring. So, I mean, this is kind of like a glorified ladder match or like a item on a at the top a hanging above the ring. So. An ultra violent, sick, disgusting ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, I mean, Ron has really kind of grown on his own, even with the popularity of White Trash Forever and just being kind of the H2O guys now who went from being booed every single show to now being these really pop, this really popular act for H2O. 
And yeah, Dale is a bit of an outsider, but as I said, he, he does come from the chains. He has been in this kind of experience. He's been, he has a plethora of deathmatch tournament appearances to his name. And I mean, Dale though, he, he does, he, he does bring it when the opportunity comes. So I think it's definitely one where don't count out Dale Patrick's in this, but Ron Mathis is as motivated as ever to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, both guys really have a lot of motivation here. If I had to choose, I, I, I'm going to go with Ronnie. I'm going to go with yeah, Ronnie Mathis to win this one. Um, again, this could be a bloody endeavor for both men, but man, it is, this could be very interesting. Um, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and Ron, he's got a cool, unique look too. Like it's very unique. Right? You don't see that. Like uh, he's got the wacky hair and he, the tattoos and the and the white trash uh, uh, jeans. Like he's got a cool look, dude. <laughs> I, I like it. He does. Um, next up, the match that really has my eye here: Mickey Knuckles versus Low Life Louis Ramos in a fans bring the weapons death match. A vintage, Ooh. a vintage staple of deathmatch tournaments. Matt Tremont does it again. Fans bringing the weapons. Um, are you bringing any weapons to Williamstown, New Jersey, Saturday? Well, I need your help here and, you know, the listeners of Your Dose of Death. Uh, <laughs> you know, if anybody can help me out here, because I got downstairs in my garage right now a box of 10 tubes. So I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to make something. Um I don't know what it is. I was thinking maybe a dowel bat or something along the nature of that. Um, or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe something unique with the tubes. The problem is the last time I built a weapon, I made a gusset board for no holds barred. And I think okay. it was just, I think it was too brutal. I don't think they wanted to use it. It was just like, <laughs> like six of them, like on a board. So I think I'm going to do something tube related, but I know a lot of people are going to, gonna uh bring the weapons like i i've been talking to a lot of people uh, a lot of friends and they are they love doing this i love going to the thrift store or home depot if, and finding stuff so if i had to pick something it's just 10 tubes you said that you i got have. a box of 10 but you know i got i i could get whatever you know i was gonna say something i i feel like that's something that's vintage but also um does not disappoint as a light tube fan if you can, if right? You can, like, if, I gotta make that, bro. If, yeah, yeah. If you can get a light, like, a, with just a rake or like a smaller rake, I feel like a light tube fan would work with just 10 tubes. If you're, if you're just gonna keep it simple and don't want to spend too much, but, or you could just make bundles. I mean, just duct tape them together, bada bing, bada boom, get a little duct tape. You know mm-hmm. the drill. You know um, what? I would love to see. And this kind of goes along with the stipulation. I don't, I don't want to like put this idea into people's heads and then get blamed <laughs> for it later. Like I've been seeing on DDT in Japan, they've been using plastic storage bins. I oh see, yeah, I want to see that, man. I, I've seen those. I saw. I think it was Chris Brooks, Drew Parker. I saw that uh-huh. within the plastic bins, and those things just explode on contact. It's like and they shard. Like yeah, they uh, they're yeah. not they're not friendly to say the least. But I I do see that maybe like a plastic container with like just Legos inside it, and they just explode all over. It's visually stunning. 
and you get a little paint out of it. I don't know. Or spill the whole thing with the poppers at ICW. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> because then if those if those some of those don't pop, they go into the crowd and they pop there. Yeah, that's a safety hazard way to have. Yeah, I got hit by a few when I went to No Holds Bar. I got hit with uh which is wild. I was in a in the balcony of the um Heart ballroom, yeah. Heart ballroom, and I got, I got hit with glass from the balcony. I don't really know how that happened, but Man, it did. <laughs> I was I was GA in Chicago near the curtain, so, like, I had glass flying my way, like, to the left of me because I was right next to the entranceway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is danger. But, hey, we're Deathmatch fans. We're used to danger. But um, Yeah, dude, I did filming. I did <laughs> ringside filming for Tremont versus Bateman. Oof. And um, yeah, one of the videos on my pages, if you guys are watching this at Kings Road Wrestling on Instagram, uh, I'm literally behind the turnbuckle. There was a bundle on yes. the turnbuckle. I, I they hit it, and I just I just pray. I was like, please, I just closed my eyes, and dude, it went down my shirt. I got fucking covered, like in my hair. It was nuts. Um, but that's the name of the game, and obviously, Lauren and I uh, fully embrace it when, when we go to shows. <laughs> exactly. Um, but going to this match, Nikki, um, her resume speaks for herself. You've seen her in No Holds Barred. You've seen her win um, Deathmatch tournaments. She, she is the godmother of Deathmatch wrestling. Of course, this match happened because... Low Life Louie got on the mic and talked high and mighty and called her out. And now he gets his wish here at Ultraviolet Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this. If, if there is a guy who has the best passion in all deathmatch wrestling, Low Life Louie is that guy. There is not a single man on planet Earth, on planet death, I should say, who um, has the passion that Low Life Louie brings whether he's bleeding buckets, whether he is on the attack, whether he is being the one attacked, Low Life Louie truly is as passionate as it gets. And he has a tall, tall order in the form yes. of Nikki Knuckles because I've seen Nikki countless times. She is a queen of the deathmatch, a godmother of deathmatch. I've seen her have battles with Sadiqa, battles with Ludark Shaitan. Battles with Randy freaking West. I have seen her in some of the craziest matches, and she just gets better and better every time. There, there, there are very few world beaters in deathmatch wrestling, and Mickey is one of those world beaters. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's uh, she's aging like fine wine, getting better every year, and she's cool to watch. It's um, I love Mickey Knuckles, I do, but Louis my boy. <laughs> I, I love low life Louie, man. I love, he's just like being around him. He, he like you said, is the passion. Just being around him, like you're just smiling. He's just such a good guy to be around. And shout out Louie Jr. Like I'm, I'm just, Louis I'm, Jr. I'm just, uh, yeah, it's just, he's just, there's something about him. And I want to see him do well. I'd like to see him advance to the next round. And he's, uh, I, I, I he's, wish. He advanced here, but I'm going with Mickey here. She again, yeah. she is just a world beater. She is someone who, in the eyes of Matt Tremont, is someone who has consistently performed well. I mean, look at her HGO matches. I mean, she's been in there with Kennedy Copeland. She's been in there with um Chanda, which to me is probably the best match she's had in H2O. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check out her versus Jimmy Chanda Lion. Absolutely incredible match those two had. Cannot 
speak values enough of how Shondo is, which we'll get to a little bit later. And as well, Mickey, those two really brought out the best of each other. So I'm, I'm going with Mickey here. I mean, she loves these kind of matches. She loves the unpredictability of them. So that's what I'm going with Mickey Knuckles. A Mickey Knuckles match too. looks uh it's just like kind of like a party in the ring. She works the crowd very well. Like just, you know, when I saw her at ICW, she's taking shots with Ludark, like working the crowd. She has that Viking thing. She's just fun. So this is going to be a great match too. Yeah, and I, I hope it. the fans, guys and girls who are coming to Williamstown, please show out with these weapons. Get creative. Get we creative, but please, it. we're not trying to kill anybody. No here. pencil boards or, like, knife boards. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, speaking then, of pencil boards, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> the host, and we forgot to mention this, the oh, host yeah. of Ultraviolent Kingdom is none other than yours truly, uh, not yours truly, sorry, none other than the legendary Madman Pondo. Juggalo Championship Wrestling lives forever, my friend. You know, um, awesome to have Madman Pondo as a host. Um, literally a limitless legend of deathmatch wrestling, dating back to his time in Japan, dating his time to his time back with Juggalo Championship Wrestling, dating to his time back as a GCW Deathmatch Hall of Famer. So he has done it all, and this is just another feather to his cap. So congratulations, Pondo, on being the host. Ultraviolet Kingdom. Let's get on to the next match here in a match that is being labeled as Death Down Aisle 5. The rivalry continues with Mark Angel and Jimmy Chando line speak of the devil. These two have been on a collision course for this exact moment for a while now, dang bad yeah. to several months ago when Mark Angel screwed Jimmy out of a, a potential H2O title of Tile match, which was then granted. Then um, these two, there was a chair riot at the at the science of. They, these two are destined to fight forever, it feels like, as well. And yeah, that's right, what I was going to say. And Matt Tremont basically said, you know what, Mark, Jimmy, you want the most diabolical step of the entire tournament? Death down aisle five awaits you both. We have zero. I have zero idea. Zero All I can idea. think of is like something with a shopping cart, right? Maybe. Yeah, shopping cart, maybe, but a possibly a diabolical shopping cart to say the least. Yeah, maybe they're messed up. I just don't. <laughs> I just do not know. But this has really been a bloodthirsty feud with these two. It, eye for eye. Tooth for tooth, blood for blood. Anything goes here. Death down aisle five. Um, Mark Angel, a consistent player of the East Coast. Um, of course, many of us know him as the father of Marcus Mathers. And um, he, he has been had a mean streak lately. He has made it his mission to make Jimmy Chanda Lyons life a living hell. And this is the biggest opportunity he gets to just continue that mission. But Chando, he is H2O's ultimate underdog. He is the ultimate underdog of H2O. He has an incredible following. He has been at the forefront of everything major with H2O, from the 4-4-0 invasion to being a part of tournaments to fighting for the title to now this. It, it feels like Chando here, this could possibly be his redemption 
of sorts. And that starts with kicking Mark Angel in the ass or however mm-hmm. this happens. So, I mean, who do you have winning in this match? I'm going Chondo all the way. All my boys uh, wanted Chondo to win the uh, Matt Tremont's Deathmatch Tournament. Yeah. And we all love Chondo. Dude, he's like, it's, he's like a slack type, like, car accident Deathmatch wrestler. It's just, like, unreal to watch him. He just doesn't have any regard for his safety or health in there. He just goes out and, and just kills. It's just crazy. Um, the last time that these two stepped in the ring, Mark Angel actually got glass in Chondo's eye just that last November. So this is like in a lot of these matches that we've been talking about, they have good storyline buildup and some good feud. And, you know, you can always expect that with Tremont because he's the master at it. But uh, I think these two are going to rip each other's heads off. But I want to see Chondo come out on top. It's his time, I think, to become a main event contender in the deathmatch game. And I think this is his opportunity to do it. Uh, everybody hates Mark Angel at H2O. Nobody <laughs> likes him. Um, uh, and it's interesting. Mark. He, Marcus poor Mathers Mark. is the only second-generation deathmatch wrestler. I know Marcus yeah. doesn't isn't a, like a full deathmatch wrestler, but he does deathmatches. He has done them. He's more. And than we were we them. were all talking about that the other week. Like, wow, there's nobody else like second gen. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, but I'm excited for this dude. Uh, I saw Jimmy Chondo Lion over the summer fight cologne and took yes one hell of a beating like yeah it just got oh my god man it it takes a it it takes a lot for alex cologne to put over a guy like chondo in the end even win or lose and chondo i think it's taken alex cologne's words to heart very much so so um with that being said i I want chondo too i I got chondo Chondo. chondo's the best man he's just enough with the headbutts though chondo like man (laughs) dude i don't know if you've seen these in person i don't know if you've seen it in person but everybody gets quiet when he does this and you could you could literally hear it throughout the building it's disgusting like oh (laughs) my god it's really brutal man Man, chondo's crazy (laughs) so next up here we got in a pallets and pits of effing pain match, Van Sullivan versus Chris Bradley. Another one where, Van, we've seen his work. We know his work. Chris Bradley's a guy who's kind of emerged out of nowhere, but of course, we know him as part of the H2O Tag Team Champions with his um, buddy Christian Ross. But um, Bradley taking a step here. And going into the pallets and pits of effing pain against Bam Sullivan, another H2O homegrown guy who I've, I really like Ross and Bradley. I've been fans of them since I saw them. And I'm really impressed. This, I'm really intrigued to see what Chris Bradley does here. Um, he's big, dude. He is a big dude. I have yeah, seen he's really big. big. So with this, I mean. So is Bam, though. So, Bam, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt this. So, oh, Bam's no worries. Big, dude. Uh, these these uh, the tag team champs use glass too at the at the Christmas show. I didn't get to go to that, but like I think that was their dipping the feet in ultraviolet world. And now, yeah, like you were saying, what is Chris Bradley going to do? Because both these guys are big, and I feel like I feel like Bradley's got something to prove, right? He does. He has a chip on his shoulder because he's he's the one with probably the least amount of experience in this kind of genre out of everyone in this tournament, looking at the entire field. Um, 
everyone else has at least some significant ultraviolet experience. And Chris Bradley's like, yeah, I'm trained here. I'm a tag team champion and probably one of the most over guys in H2O. Let me get dip my feet into here. And he won a match where it was a lot of guys who didn't have as much experience in um, the death match role, but he, he came out on top against Dylan McKay and um, Austin Luke, a, a good match too. And Brand Kirk as well. So, I mean, he's shown he can hang with the best, but Bam Sullivan's a different animal. He is a different animal. My favorite person listed. <laughs> Easily. I love Bam, man. I, He's my I roommate him. for <laughs> Dallas. I, <love> <laughs> I got to say this because I love Bam and he is a homie. Bam will always have the credit as the OG guest of Your Dose of Death. Bam, love you, man. I hope you're doing well and I can't wait to watch you on Saturday. So the one of the, I would say, I just want to make sure, one of the three Your Dose of Death alumni who are in this tournament, which makes me sponsoring this tournament all the more special. So um, if I had to choose here, I want to say Bam Sullivan's going to get the win here. All day. Um, All day. I will say, though, I mean, this is going to be very interesting. I mean, Chris Bradley, he's kind of – he's the big wild card of this tournament. If he wins yeah, this – Yeah, yeah. If he wins this, we don't know what he's capable of going into the semifinals. But, I say if Bradley wins this match, he's going to the finals, I think. That, that is a very – Good bold prediction. I like it. I like it. So, but I we both gotta go with Bam here. I mean, it's it's Bam. Bam is on the cusp, I think, of becoming an elite deathmatch wrestler, not only in America, but I think internationally. I think he's gonna be huge. And I I I saw I I said this from when I saw him in TOS and all the matches at H2O. I think he deserves to be at the top of the pecking order. He deserves to be in the main event and booked at all these deathmatch shows. I want to see more Bam in 2022. So this would be my pick for winning the tournament. I'm going to go with Bam Sullivan. Okay. I'm, I'm rooting for him hard. So Bam, kill it this weekend, and we're both behind you. Okay. Um, so let's go on to the last match of the first round in a shitstorm deathmatch. When I got told this today... I could not stop laughing unbearably at this step. I, I again, I have no idea, but God forbid, um, it's gonna be crazy. A shitstorm death match, Drew Blood versus Neil Diamond Cutter. Um, I'm just gonna tell you off the bat, I got Neil one of this. It's Neil, the original Prince of the Death Match. The the is the defending ICW Milwaukee Insane Eight champion. He has been near the cusp of so many things. Um, I will say this just to kind of put him over because he's been a great friend of the show those last few months. Um, Neil, if you're listening to this, hi, buddy. Love you like a freaking friend and a brother. Um, I was at Insane 8 when he won. Um, And seeing him finally come back to the tournament that got him back on the map because 2020 he did Insane 8. And he was really the wild card. I mean, there were there were guys on that show like Schlack who were like the big guys that you expect to win. And out came this guy who's literally has possibly one of the catchiest names in all of Deathmatch Wrestling, Neil Diamond Cutter, singing Sweet Caroline, which is a crowd pleaser anywhere you go, has this little staple gun that he calls Bob, of all things. And 
went on to be probably the best, one of the best comeback stories of Deathmatch Wrestling 2020, 2021, in the chains, everywhere you could possibly imagine seeing him. Um, and, and now in 2022, I think he's on the cusp again, a guy who may not get as many opportunities as his colleagues, but when given those opportunities, he has been nothing short of fantastic. Um, if you want a match that he did in HBO, the barefoot death match with him and Chando in a non-tournament match, a Tremont's death match tournament was fantastic work of a stipulation that most guys are afraid to do, but him and Chando brought it. So yeah. I can't say enough about Neil Diamond Cutter's work, not just in HBO, but everywhere. He has been consistent with his work, which sometimes is hard to do in the world of deathmatch wrestling, give or take per the parameters of which you're working with. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, along with Mickey Knuckles, uh, but I would say even to like a higher degree, I think that you're right. The NDC comeback story is, is legendary. It's, it's really awesome. If you go back on cage match and look at how many matches he had a few years ago, look, like, and I'm sure he would say that he was almost done yeah. uh, in the world of death matches, but then came back and like was just working every weekend. And I've been fortunate enough to become friends with him and see him in person. And somebody asked me the other day, they're like, you know, I don't really know much about Neil Diamond Cutter. You're like, does the guy, you know, can he, can he do moves or does he just like swing weapons? I was like, no, no, this guy freaking does moves like to the max. He's actually a really really solid just professional wrestler in my opinion um i remember watching his boardwalks bud boardwalk buds match yeah um with dale patrick's I, I was like this is like he's 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 incredible he's really freaking good he's tough as nails he's got a great character he's probably the most over guy on this list right now he's booked <laughs> for planet death ladies and gentlemen he'll be making uh uh, the GC, I think his GCW debut. His official debut. GCW debut after the mishap in Detroit, which unfortunately yep. couldn't work. But when one door closes, another door opens. And I, I can't – I'm so proud of Neil for getting that opportunity because guys like myself, I've known Neil's potential. I mean, again, I watched his the Insane 8 in 2020 when he came out of nowhere and became a household name in a single night. That was a tournament – where, oh, just, just this Neil Diamond Cutter guy who was, oh, I guess he was the Prince of Death, to literally one of the most iconic photos in all of Deathmatch Wrestling. Of Everybody him. knows Neil. Everybody. Everybody does now. But, I mean, back then, it was like, oh, it's just getting his, his foot in the door. And you I think, have you seen the photo? It's probably one of the most iconic photos in Deathmatch Wrestling, where it's just, he's just all bloody looking yeah, at the no. camera menacing. That is one of the greatest photos. I'm sorry, one of the greatest photos of all professional wrestling I've ever seen. Like that, that just encapsulates yeah. deathmatch wrestling in a nutshell. Dude, now that you're saying all this stuff, like, man, like I kind of want to root for Neil too at the same time. And like, I think, dude, I think he could win this for sure. And I think he'd be so deserving of it, and I'd be, I'd be happy with it. I would too. Like 100. I, mean, I think he makes the finals. You know, no, no disrespect to Drew Blood, Nation of Intoxication. You know, yes. we. We love it, but it's, I think it's Neil for uh, for both of us. Yeah, and whatever the hell it is, <laughs> what is a shitstorm death match? I just feel like they're going to have the most random objects in that ring, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little ultra violent. I think. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I, 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 Neil was my pick to win this entire tournament. I mean, there, there is not a better story, overlying story, I should say, of just his rise again. And um, I, I talk with Neil nearly daily just about kind of things in the world of deathmatch and how um, sometimes, like, he doesn't get as many opportunities as his colleagues, and it is what it is. I mean, opportunities are there. But to me, Neil getting this opportunity at Ultraviolet Kingdom, there is not a deser- more deserving individual who has put in the work, who has given so much effort to this um, this profession. I mean, mind you, if you know, his his Prince of the Deathmatch finals was against none other than Marcus Crane. What year was that? It was 2011. Okay, yeah, so that was a minute ago. It was a hot minute ago, but I'm just saying, like, He's been in there with some of the best guys in the world of deathmatch wrestling. And again, like he's been there, done that, and he's won tournaments and he's been near the top. And I mean, if he can win Ultraviolet Kingdom, it's just another feather in the cap of a real off tournament win, though. I will I will say Insane Eight was a big win. And I mean it was. It, it was the tournament that really put him back on the map. And just to come back the next year and win it through a really interesting field that was very makeshift, but this, this tournament, I mean, a lot more eyes are going to be on H2O. So uh, I'm pulling for Neil here, but um, give crab credits to Drew blood is as consistent as it, as it gets another guy who's been a hot minute too. And he's just, he's still as good um, as he was in the CZW days. Like, yeah, right. He's got longevity and he's an ageless wonder as I as I like to put it with true blood. He's an ageless wonder where you're like, how is this guy still going? But he does it. He's done these tournaments before. He's not afraid to do them again. And I think Neil's a good dance partner for him. That's, that's definitely one. Yep. And you mentioned, you know, NDC doesn't get the opportunities maybe that his colleagues don't, but he should, because I, I don't want to be rude to anybody here or step on anybody's oh, toes. Of course. I, I think that he is like, honestly, he's a better wrestler than like 90% of the people <laughs> out there. Like technically speaking, professional wrestling moves and psychology, he is really, really good. So I am glad he's getting this. And you are absolutely correct, Lauren. Like he is very deserving. We, we throw that word around a lot, but Neil Diamond Cutter is and, really um, deserving. I, I just want to say everyone on this tournament is very much deserving of being here, whether they've won in a qualifier, whether they um, – but, yeah, I mean, it's just Neil – I've really grown um, accustomed to him. I've um, We hung out at Insane 8, but uh, we, we talked, and um, I've had him on this podcast, and he was um, an absolute joy to have. And um, he just – he's someone who, yes, as I've said, like the opportunities may not be abundant – but when he's given the opportunities, he is as good as it gets. Yeah, he doesn't really miss. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't really miss. Yeah, and no, we. I, I didn't mean that. You know, no one no, else serving. But you know, when I think of someone who need who deserves the flowers, you know, it'll be a lot of these people's time eventually. But like NDC, like I'm still rooting for Bam. But you know, I. I, I I'm a little bit behind Neil too. I'm sorry, Dan. It's time for him to get his flowers <laughs> on the East Coast, especially. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, so that is the first round of this tournament. Of course, the semifinals is going to be two matches. 
Of course, as we talked about in the beginning, the trip, the winner of the triple crown death match gets a bye to the finals. So okay. there'll be one singles match and the second semifinal will be a three-way dance. So another triple threat. And there will be, and we don't have stipulations for this. We don't think. Nope. It's going to be kind of an on the fly thing. I'm assuming, but of course the finals is a three-way elimination steel cage light tube house of horrors. Of course, for those of you that know, the IWA Mid-South staple, House of Horrors, in a steel cage, which has never been done. The House of Horrors itself is like a house, but in a steel cage, that's a whole different animal. Um, the cages at H2O look very daunting from what I've seen. Um, yeah, they're like, uh, dude, I see two of them. Two a of them. flimsy, but hey. They are making it work. I mean, with the House of Horrors, it has to be very, very crisp to make sure this works. But a um, FYI, this is dangerous. But FYI, super dangerous. (laughs) I want to say an FYI to those of you either watching or there. Pace yourself. It's going to be a long setup. House of Horror matches. It's almost an hour setup. This is this is something that is very intricate. And knowing, I'm assuming, the, the great weapon masters, Gene and Tommy, will be in attendance to help with this. Yeah. So, trust I, don't know if, I don't know if Brophy can handle this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Brophy, you hear us. You better oh, be man. on your A game. But, uh, to, the, to the listeners out there who might not know what a House of Horrors match is, it's hanging light tubes from the ceiling. And, and, and if you realize... Just realize how crazy that is because when they break, you're going to have shards of broken light tubes hanging, which can honestly kill you. Like, so this is crazy, bro. Like, it's like, okay, House of Horrors is already a a daunting stipulation, but now you're doing it in a steel cage. It's like a, not even a hat on a hat. It's like an ultra violent hat on a hat. Yeah. If you get cut, there's really nowhere for you to go and like kind of get taped up. You you can't go outside the ring. You're stuck where you are. And you're putting three people in, so it's more crowded with the light tubes. It is. This is this is from the mind of Matt Tremont. This is one hell of a final that I am sure many of us are going to be very excited to see. Um, absolutely daunting, absolutely terrifying. Again, pace if you're there at the A Show Center or watching, please, please, please pace yourself. I, I know you're in for a long night already, but trust me, it'll be worth it at the end. And this does take an hour plus setup because House of Horrors is not a simple setup. This is a elaborate setup to the umpteenth degree. So brace yourselves for a nice, fun, long night. But it is this, this ends in a light tube House of Horrors in a steel cage. Um, I cannot find a more fitting way to end this tournament. I don't know about you. I like, dude, I like it so much. The only thing that I'm like, shit, I'm kind of like trying to figure this out. Cause I, I do like video clips for H2O from, from ringside. I've started to do that from the last year. So I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to get the camera in the steel cage? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to, you have to like find holes. You got to like kind of like find holes to go off. I got to find holes, but man, I'm excited for this. Um, I don't, you know, Matt Tremont, in, in all honesty, is one of my heroes. Um, I, I look up to the guy, and he's probably the person I respect most in the industry. Um, I, I want to see this tournament 
blow people away, man. I know that I still enjoyed the Tremont Deathmatch tournament, but I feel like they could have just taken it to the next level. And I know that's sometimes asking a lot and, you know, I'm not in the ring and obviously I'm not putting my body on the line, but I'd like to see them really go all out with this. I want to see, I want to see the the place covered in glass. I want to see barbed wire everywhere. I just want to see them get what they deserve as a promotion. And I think the way to do that, and I think Tremont knows it, is rebranding this as ultraviolet kingdom and knocking it out of the park. And I really think that this is going to be a sick tournament. Yeah, um, I was going to say, Tremont's Deathmatch Tournament, I mean, it made Kennedy Copeland into a main event player. It really did. And uh, she's been doing great with the hybrid title, which she will be defending the night before. But that tournament was just, it was off. It felt off in different ways. Yes. Just things did not go the way. And it was a nice idea. And the thing was with Hardcore Kingdom, they could only do so much in the parameters of, trying not to make this just another deathmatch tournament but the idea now with um rebranding it from hardcore to ultraviolet is that this is the official like um this is the official start of deathmatch tournament season it's spring is here we're getting ready for uh, another great packed year of deathmatch tournaments from here to september even november and this is a good way to kind of like start the deathmatch tournament season in a way. So yeah. Matt Tremont, he's, he's got all eyes on him. Of course, he's the boss, man. He is another, to me also one of the great influences for this podcast, as well as just for me in general, of getting into deathmatch wrestling. I cannot thank him enough for the opportunities he has given me just even just being some kid guy from Chicago who is a, big deathmatch wrestling fans. So um, all eyes are going to be on H2O, and um, I'm, I'm just excited to see how this tournament unfolds. Again, you're getting great talent that is not a regular, per se, at H2O, but you're getting some great underrated talent who consistently do stuff with H2O, who, and you're getting some story. Storyline is Matt's bread and butter, and I expect nothing less of the sort here with um, with this um, tournament. So um, any last words you want to talk about with this tournament? Any last impressions or anything else that's on your mind about this tournament? Now that the more that you say it, I couldn't agree more. This is, I think, the official um, kickoff to deathmatch season, deathmatch summer. Um, I think that this obviously could put a lot of these guys and gals on the map um, in the deathmatch world. I think it could bring even more legitimacy in the deathmatch world to H2O as a contender for some of the best of the best. And I think that this is really going to be a proving ground for the rest of the year. I think based on a a great performance by one of these competitors, we could see them maybe – um, at NGI or TOS or King of the Death matches based on like them killing it in the tournament. So I think the stakes are high for the competitors and for H2O. And I, I couldn't be prouder to sponsor that and with you and to put our names behind this. Uh, I think it's going to be kick ass, man. And I'm very excited <laughs> uh, to go on Saturday. Yeah, um, you will be intense, but I'll be watching from home and IWTV, of course. Um, really, I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of this, um, whether it is being there or being at home 
Um, always supporting H2O. Um, they have been nothing but great to me. They've been nothing but great to you. Um, this is really um, this is really an exciting time to be a fan of H2O, of the Hardcore Hustle organization. And um, with that, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I just want to get to Saturday, really. I think. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm really pumped to go. I, I took a, a little break. I went to the Monday show last week, and then, you know, there was – couple weekend shows i'm like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stay in and really like uh kind of go on a little a little death match cleanse and then i'm gonna (laughs) embrace it on saturday then uh i'm gonna love it yeah that's as good as it gets um before um we go michael as always thank you for coming on i couldn't have thought of anyone better to do this with i mean um just kind of a little peek behind the fourth wall here for the listeners um little fun story time where um, my podcast boss, Ryan Knights, he of course shouts the count out network of podcasts for making your dose of death, even a possibility. Um, Ryan was like, you know, that Michael Servino guy, you and him do some really great work. And I'm like, you know, I think the same. And I just, I know we, me and you have been talking about um, other things, but um, when I told you that I, I was going to do an ultraviolet kingdom preview, I was like, you know what? I got to get Michael on. Just not just for our sake, but for my podcast boss's sake, where it's going to be no, more music to his ears because he just loves our work together. Mm. So um, it, it's just a nice little story time there. And Ryan, I know if you're listening to this, um, you got your wish. You got another Michael Sorvino episode. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. And, you know, I, I like that you have me on. I'd like to come back whenever you need me, Lauren. Just I'm a phone call away. I like oh, yeah, to- of course. Of, of course, I don't have a podcast or anything. <laughs> and sometimes I just like to shoot the shit. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Michael, uh, I'm going to give you the time to kind of plug away um, anything you got coming up other than, of course, right. the tournament. And um, just plug away, my friend. Well, I think we're both going to be in Dallas. So you can see both of us there. I'm, I'm not going to be in Dallas. Wait, you're not. Okay. I'm going to be in Dallas. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll be there. Come find me. Uh, you can find me at Kings Road Wrestling on Instagram. I am taking, and I, I apologize to my followers and people out there, I'm taking a little Twitter break. I just I haven't really been enjoying it too much lately. It's just very drama-filled. So I'm, I'm going to be on Instagram. So that's where you guys can find me uh, for the time being. Uh, who knows? I'll be back maybe on Twitter. But, you know, you can find Lauren on, on both. But uh you know, shoot me a message on Instagram. Come find me this weekend if you're in Williamstown or, or wherever you see me. And uh, I appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for, uh, again, another opportunity to do this. Well, absolutely. Um, with that being said, y'all, um, we got you guys hopefully hyped for Ultraviolet Kingdom. I hope you guys are going to watch on IWTV. Um, or if you're going to be in town in Williamstown, make sure you get on over there. Um Thank you guys for listening to this. As always, like myself, follow me at Lauren YDOD on Twitter. That's where you get all your dose of death stuff. And uh, from Michael Servino to myself, thank you guys for listening. Have an awesome night. Thank you.
This has been a Countout Podcast.